If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A high school girl, straight A's, a hockey star, a lacrosse star, is found brutally murdered and buried in a shallow grave at a local park, Lincoln Park. Her boyfriend is soon identified, and he's convicted of the murder. But now, after a high-profile podcast called Serial, insists that he's innocent, is he getting a new trial and set to walk? To add insult to injury, the victim, little Hay, Hay Lee's family cannot speak English. They and she have no voice. Well, you know what? They're getting one. They're getting a voice. Lady Justice, are you listening? A&E, Thursday night, 11 p.m., we want justice for Hay Lee, and that means to many court watchers that her killer, Adnan Syed, stays behind bars. Thursday night, 11 p.m., A&E, Grace versus Abrams, please join us. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph 132. A man ends up dead on his farm. No one knows for about two weeks because he doesn't show up to his job. 
What happened? He shot multiple times, and guess what's missing? Over $11,000 from his checking account and his wife, Lois Reese, a platinum blonde, who then turns up, A, at a casino, having a good old time, and then in Florida, in Fort Myers, she spotted on closed-circuit TV surveillance video at Smoking Oyster Brewery chatting up another woman at the bar. And again, she's having a great time. They're drinking, they're talking, they're laughing. She's really holding court at this bar. Smoking Oyster Brewery, it just sounds like a good time, right? Well, that woman, Pam Hutchison, guess what? She bears an amazing similarity, a semblance to Lois, whose husband happens to end up dead on a worm farm. And lo and behold, just hours later, Pam ends up dead too, missing her car and all of her identity. That's right. Lois Reese on the run, assuming her doppelganger's identity. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. I want to go first to John Limley. John, Crime Stories investigative reporter, start at the beginning and give me a capsulization of Lois Reese's rampage. Nancy, it was uh, a month ago that David Reese's business partner called authorities to ask them to check on him. Uh, the partner said no one at work had seen David Reese in more than two weeks. And after a, an exhaustive search at his home, they then went to his farm, and that is where they discover David Reese's body. And? He had been shot multiple times, and they weren't able to determine how long he had been dead over that past two weeks. And an, another person was missing. They could not find his wife, Lois. Now, they very quickly learn that Lois may have been at a casino in Iowa, but she wasn't there when they went looking for her. Now, from there, she was believed to have made a beeline for Florida. That's where investigators allege that she killed 59-year-old Pamela Hutchinson of Bradenton, Florida, who was in town actually to be with a friend who had just lost her husband, and they were going to spread his ashes in the water there uh, in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, Pam was really only planning on staying in Fort Myers a couple of days, and presumably toward the end of her trip, she stopped by to grab a bite at Smokin' Oyster Brewery, just a couple of blocks from her condo. And it's there that she meets and strikes up a conversation with a visitor in the city, a woman that we now know was Lois Reese. It's around the same time that Pam's family and friends notice something rather odd. Pam is really big on posting on Facebook, and those Facebook posts come to an abrupt halt. How do we know, joining me, Alexis Terezchuk from RadarOnline.com, how do we know that it was Lois Reese that found her doppelganger and assumed Pam Hutchison's identity after killing her? How do we know she ever made it to Pam Hutchison's condo? Well, the police have evidence that she was there. She stole Pam's credit cards, her bank account information, and even her ID and leaves her condo and goes out, goes to the bank and gets $5,000 out from the bank cash by using her Pamela's ID. I guess they, the 
teller didn't even notice that they weren't they weren't the same person so she's caught on camera there they see her they've got her and then she goes on a nationwide what, what's the word spending spree i guess so because she's got all this money from her dead victims to john limley there's also closed circuit video i think relating to the condo yes uh this is before she gets to the condo it's thanks to surveillance video there at the restaurant that we know how and when the paths of lois reitz and pam hutchinson first crossed we see them seated at the bar chatting having a great time Lois was on the run, and she saw her chance to gain more time and gain a possible cover. Lois realized that she and this woman at the bar, Pam Hutchison, looked a lot alike. Her plan was to assume this woman's identity. So Lois quickly befriends Pam, and somehow, we're not exactly sure how, finagles her way into Pam's condo. Two days later, after a man staying in the room above where Pam was staying, uh, started smelling a strange odor. That's when he contacted uh, the management of the condo building. Uh, they opened up Pam's condo and discovered her body is there. She's been shot. She's covered in blood and covered with a pile of towels. You know, that's that's very odd. To Dr. Bethany Marshall, L.A. psychoanalyst, joining us, I found this is just anecdotal. It's not a statistical study, Dr. Bethany, that so often killers will take the time to cover up the face of the victim. I know in one case, a girl murders her mother and puts a trash basket, a wicker basket over her head. I had cases where people were murdered in the out in the open and they would put leaves over the body. In this case, you put towels over it. There's also surveillance video guys of her at the condo. That's how we know she was at the condo. Surveillance video. She's walking out of the condo with a plastic bag. Not only that, when she turns up at a five-star resort, shortly after, she's spotted walking across the lobby wearing Pam Hutcherson's straw hat. She is actually sporting her murder victim's hat. So, Dr. Bethany, two things in a nutshell. Why cover up your dead victim? Face. And second, does this woman know no shame? She's even wearing the dead lady's hat. It's 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 so perverse. You know, I often think um, you can tell how premeditated a murder is by how well the body is covered up and whether or not the perpetrator has prepared a dump site and a, a, a place to secrete the body. And in this case, it seems as hasty as... I don't know, shoplifting at Target. Like she finds a woman who looks like her, follows her to the condo, shoots her. I think maybe covers her up with towels too because she doesn't want too much blood to go all over the place. And she also doesn't want to have to see what she's done. Uh, I like uh, right there, right there, Dr. Bethany. I don't think they give a fig about the blood when you shoot somebody multiple times. You know there's going to be blood. There's something about covering up their face, Dr. Bethany Marshall. Sometimes I think they don't want to see the victim looking back at them. I've thought a lot about this because it seems that no matter what the MO is, that the perpetrator does tend to cover up the victim's face. And sometimes I think, do they just not want to see the deceased? Do they not want to see their own handiwork? Maybe they just want to deny to themselves all the destruction that they've created. You know, it goes back further even than the murder of the husband. Jason Oceans, defense attorney, joining me out of the New York area. Jason, we've looked into some court records. 
and they show that Lois Reese was kicked out as guardian for her disabled sister because of a report. Lois had been transferring Lois Reese transferring funds from one account to her own account and then withdrawing the funds where else jason a casino so we got a a gambling problem and uh, the means to solve it is to steal money and then uh, steal and then commit and then commit murder perfect plan and that was in 2005 uh, we got a hold of an affidavit that said thousands had been spent somewhere called Diamond Joe Casino in Iowa, not too far from her Blooming Prairie home. She was never charged with a crime, but she was ordered to pay back over a hundred thousand dollars. She was probably charged with something, and that was the uh, plea arrangement to come up with restitution. So, uh, you know, uh, birds of a feather. I mean, she she had a premeditated, as Doctor Bethany said, and this is well thought out, and she has an MO in her background. Jason. Birds of a feather flock together does not apply to this because she's not flocking with anybody. I think the proper one would be when you don't know a horse, look at its track record because she's got a long track record. Unless you know of another bird flocking with her, I hope you're ashamed. I am. Thank you for correcting me. Okay, good. Good. Good to know. Good. Jason, you're always so right. I have to use anything I have to fight you, okay? So, Joe Scott Morgan. I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, Joseph Scott Morgan, help me out now, uh, because it's like there's no shame and no fear. When you go into a casino, there are more surveillance video cameras than NASA, for Pete's sake. And she's killing and murdering and stealing and then going to casinos and tromping around flouncing, flouncing. Let me pull that out of the drawer. Flouncing, as my grandmother used to say, across the lobbies of five-star resorts and casinos wearing the dead victim's hat. Joe Scott? Yeah, isn't that, isn't that kind of bizarre? We're talking about face covering for a moment where, in my experience, they they have this this period of time where they, they don't want to look at the face because they're kind of ashamed of what they've done. But yet she goes and puts on this woman's hat and goes to one of the most public locations she possibly could where she can be observed from multiple points and walks around as this person. It's very bizarre. And also, she it's almost like she's, she's jacked up in the sense that she's on a rush or something. She's got all of this money. She's traveling across the country under an assumed identity, and she's blowing it. She's blowing it every... It's like she has nothing else to live for. And it's... It's, it's scary. It's scary in the, in the fact that, thank God, that no one else has gotten into her path who she could destroy their lives. A woman who investigators believe murdered her husband in Minnesota then goes to Florida where she uses the very same gun, according to the ammo comparison, to slay her doppelganger, her lookalike to assume her identity, Pam Hutchinson, has been captured, where else? At a South Texas resort. To John Limley, Crime Stories investigative reporter, tell me, how was Lois Reese finally captured? Where is she now? Well, the man who actually recognized uh, Lois Reese, uh, who was wanted for these murders of her husband and the woman that she resembled, told authorities that it was her hair that gave her away. 
She was spotted sipping a drink at the bar inside the Sea Ranch restaurant in South Padre Island, Texas. Uh, from all accounts, it appears she was cool as a cucumber until the marshals arrived to take her into custody. Um, the restaurant's manager, uh, Becky Galvin, told the Washington Press that they had received a call from another restaurant before that that she had been spotted. They, the authorities just missed her there, but they were able to catch up with her, realize she was on her way into this restaurant, and alerted the restaurant staff that she was coming in. Well, this is what we know. We know that she was only 27 miles from the Mexican border. Alexis, while there is a lot uh, a lot you have to go through to go from come from Mexico into the US to go from the US into Mexico, people just fly right across the border. 27 miles from the Mexican border. Alexis. Absolutely. It, it, it's fairly easy to get into Mexico. I've been in the car asleep one time when we drove through. So she could have done it very easily. And she had thousands of dollars. She actually, she stole $11,000 from her husband. I don't know if that's stealing, but I'm going I'm to call it stealing. And then she had another $5,000 from Pamela. So she was flush with cash. She could have easily made over board, but she was so brazen in these restaurants, just eating out in public, not even like drive through fast food where there maybe would have been less cameras, but she just was not afraid to be out in public. Well, you know, what's freaky catch this. Uh, tell me where you think this is headed. Dr. Bethany Marshall. I'm looking at the video right now of when Lois Reese is arrested by fugitive magistrates the video shows her walking into the restaurant and taking a seat at the edge of the bar, where she always does. She orders a glass of wine right, and an entree, and she eats for over an hour, befriending another woman at the bar in the process. You know what that was? How that was going to end, right, Bethany? Absolutely. This is her offending pattern, right? She finds someone who looks just like her, kills that person, assumes their identity, steals their money, and then runs out of cash. Then she has to find a new victim. Nancy, I read one report where um, apparently she and her husband had some couple friends. And the wife of the couple was in the garage and looked up, and there was Lois Reese writing down the address numbers to that couple's house. And I don't know if you read that report, and that that she felt very freaked out. She had heard that that Lois was on the lam, and she became afraid that that perhaps she was going to be Lois's next victim. It sounds like Lois hung around their neighborhood for about a week before moving on to another bar. Uh, and like serial killers do, looking for another victim. She was befriending another woman at the bar, Alexis Terezchuk, just like she did Pam Hutchison before she gets access to her condo and murders her to steal her identity. I guarantee you she was there to kill the woman, get her identity, and cross over to the Mexican border. I'd be very interested to find out what that woman looked like. Exactly. This is exactly what she does. And that's why she, it's so strange that she didn't change her hair color because she, the, the platinum white blonde is so noticeable. If she'd gone brown, she probably could have found a lot more people that looked just like her that could have been her victims. Luckily, these guys, these bartenders were so smart and they noticed this. I don't know that I ever noticed anybody sitting next to me in a restaurant. So I, I really give them a lot of thanks for catching this lady. Well, 
We also know this. To John Limley, Crime Stories investigative reporter, it never ends with this woman. When police search her hotel room, they find a 22 and a 9, both in her room. What about that? It was not over yet for her. She had a lot of plans of murder and embezzling and stealing money ahead. Absolutely. And uh, when they uh, were able to get into Pam Hutchison's uh, room, discovered that uh, a lot of the items that Lois had with her when she was found in Texas, that woman's credit, her IDs, uh, that's, and her vehicle as well. She swapped vehicles there in Fort Myers before she started the 1,300-mile trip that, uh, as of last Friday, had her in, uh, had her in Texas very close uh, to the border, then making the jump to the island. And she was staying there in uh, South Padre Island in a $59 a night room yeah. at uh, Motel 6. Yeah, she had left the fancy resort and was scoping out her next victim. Take a listen to this. The detectives from both here and the other two states are uh, still collecting and comprising all the evidence. And um, it looks like she'll be transferred to county for a short stint, and then as soon as the uh, extradition takes place, it looks like she'll—it looks like it's, she's going to be going to Florida first. And uh, they're also trying to move some of the evidence, like the car, towards Florida. We also know when she goes into court, she's wearing hot pants. Okay, <laughs> I mean this woman. I mean this woman. Lois Reese has just been apprehended after her murder, and um, let me just say pilfering spree she would find a victim steal all their money kill them and assume their identity as a matter of fact take a listen to her at come and go gas station in iowa this is the day her husband's body was found but she had something else on her mind would you take 35 south just to keep going on down to the next state? Yeah. Is that the way to go, you think? I think so, because I think that goes, 35 goes through, it goes down to Omaha, like past Omaha and all that. I mean, she really, uh, Joe Scott Morgan, like so many other killers we've dealt with, she really knows how to put on a facade. Okay, thank you. And I'm sure she sashayed right out in those hot pants, straight to her car. I mean, really. Yeah, that's what's scary for people out in the general public. I think that that, uh, a lot of the people out there think that these people are just going to be monsters. If they're going to have fangs and that they're, you know, with blood dripping from the tips of their fingers. And that's not it. This woman's very disarming. You listen to the way she's having this conversation with gentlemen at the station there, just calmly getting directions, just like any of us would. You know, hey, what's the best route to take? And she even thanks him as she's walking out the door. This lady does not come off as a monster. No, not at all. Well, take a listen, guys. You're safe from Lois Reese for now anyway. I wouldn't put her in a transport van to save my neck. She'll charm the driver, slit his throat, and drive straight to the slot machines if she gets the chance. Take a listen to Lee County, Florida Under Sheriff Carmine Marcino. This case from the very beginning struck me as odd. We look at her appearance. She looks like anybody's mother or grandmother, yet she's an absolute cold-blooded murderer. 
So today's a huge win. She can't strike again. That was our main concern. We bring a killer off the streets. Very, very important. Our detectives right now are working as we speak because everything's so fresh and new. But we want her back here in Fort Myers. Will she be taken to Minnesota or here first? Again, right now everything's fresh and new. Our detectives are on the ground right now working to see exactly where she's going to be. So there is a legal process. So it's just take a little bit of time. But again, we want her here in Fort Myers to face the charges she has. When we see her mugshot that was most recently taken, I asked to both of you, sometimes when people run, they try to alter their appearance, change their hair color, do something. None of that here. Absolutely. As you can see uh, in our video surveillance, when she befriends Pam Hutchinson, our victim, unfortunately, she's smiling. So what does that tell you about her? Okay, she's not, she's running, but guess what? She's not changing her appearance. She's living life one day, signing the victim's credit card in her name, the next her own. So this is a, a stone cold killer. They climbed to the top of the country music charts. I'm talking about the Willis clan. There were 12 Willis clan siblings. And to look at them, it was picture Perfect. Consider the country music answer to the Von Trapp family from The Sound of Music, who were also a real family. They seemingly had it all. Beautiful home, wonderful career, hit country music over and over and over. But one of the daughters now writes, the truth of what I was living every day was nothing like what people saw on the outside what we are learning now the willis clan sister jessica now describing how she says her father began molesting her when she was just three years old and explains what finally drives her to escape the family the Willis family with their own reality show on TLC, a thriving business in the country music world, but it wasn't worth it. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Take a listen to this. I didn't speak up is because it was like, this is so insane and crazy. Like, who's going to believe me? How are people going to deal with this? What held me back from talking, I mean, all through the years and growing up, was the unknown. I didn't know what was going to happen. And everything that I could have had as a kid could have been taken away instantly. I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to have my mom and my siblings there for me. Well, I think we all held a black box in our hearts of memories, regrets, um, fears, and uh, we hit them pretty deep. That are some of the Willis family siblings speaking out exclusively to DailyMail.com. Straight out to Heavy.com's reporter, Jennifer Tsikowski. Jennifer, thank you so much for being with us. I'm a huge country music fan. In fact, a uh, highlight for me was when I took my mom and dad to the Grand Old Opry and am planning to take my children back to the Grand Old Opry in May. I mean, that's just one of those uh, incredible things you just don't want to miss in a lifetime, right? It's hard to take in because we've been seeing the Willis family in their reality show on TLC for such a long time. They've had one hit after the next with their band, the Willis Clan. 
But according to Jessica, it's all a big and horrible lie. That is true. That's exactly what Jessica Willis Fisher laid out in her recent blog. Um, Jessica was the lead singer in, in the Willis clan, and she opened up in her blog post about the abuse, both sexual abuse and physical abuse, that she endured for over 20 years at the hands of her father, Toby Willis. What does she say in her blog? With me, Heavy.com reporter Jennifer Skalski. Okay, so Jessica said her father, who was really the patriarch of the family, he controlled every aspect of, of her life for her and her 12 siblings. She said there was a constant current of manipulation, domination, fear, and favor. Toby Willis was so manipulative and, quite honestly, seemed to be a master of brainwashing because he got all of his victims, his own flesh-and-blood daughters, to believe that they individually were the only victims. Uh, Jessica said she believed her father began sexually abusing her at around age three years old, just three years old. And she added that the horrifying acts began as far back as she could remember. In her own words, Nancy, Jessica said the abuse developed and ebbed at various intervals over the years and into puberty. The most graphic sexual abuse faded off for me when I was around 17 years old, but many inappropriate actions and attentions continued. Now, what exactly those actions and attentions are, we don't know. Um, so... Toby Willis, he, she goes on to say that he was physically abusive. Uh, according to Jessica, this monster of a father had forbidden her to see her boyfriend, who is now her husband, and that boyfriend had figured out that something wasn't right. You know, I'm interested in something else, Jennifer, and I'm going to get you to pick up where you're leaving off, but I want to ask you a quick question with me from Heavy.com reporter, investigative reporter Jennifer Sikowski, and we are talking about the highly popular Willis Clan country music band, also the subject of the TLC reality show, The Willis Family, a big hit for TLC. I want to think about the mother for a moment, the mother in this scenario. So if the abuse started happening when the little, when the child was three years old, when Jessica's just three years old, let that sink in for a moment. And then it started waning when she was 17, sexually anyway. That's 14 years the mom didn't know what was going on. She states that she became aware, she, Jessica, that what was happening to her was not appropriate when she was about nine years old and her mother got suspicious. Um, around nine years old, she writes... Quote, something, I'm still not sure what, caused my mother to become suspicious of my father's interactions. I didn't realize there was zero evidence of anything specific, and all I did was nod when a few general questions were asked by my mother. I heard my mother raise her voice to my father for the first time in my life, and I thought the adults would figure it out. I didn't understand my father simply denied wrongdoing and became more secretive and dangerous from then on so the mother suspected but apparently did nothing for let's see that would mean the next eight years 
as Jessica gets older, she began suspecting her father is abusing her sisters, but none would ever come out and say that. So to Troy Slayton, defense attorney, joining me right now, where, what position does that leave the mom in? I mean, the mom is not abusing her, but the mom suspects, according to Jessica, that she as a little child is being sex abused by her country music star dad and does nothing. Is that okay, Troy? It's certainly not okay, and it places her in not only uh, criminal jeopardy, but civil jeopardy as well. A, a parent is in a, a special relationship with a child, like a, a doctor and a patient or a teacher and a student. If one of those people who you are duty-bound by law to protect, if you fail to protect and report that person, then you're guilty of a crime. Well, here's the other issue to Ashley Wilcott, juvenile judge and founder of ChildCrimeWatch.com. Ashley, the mother did not abuse her from what we know, neither beating nor sex abusing. Okay. But we do know, according to the victim, the alleged victim, Jessica, that her mother became suspicious after six years of sex abuse by her dad starts asking questions, has a fight with the dad about it, but the dad stays in the home. I mean, how can the, I mean, the mom, they're country music stars. They're pictured on the stage. How can the mom be afraid to speak out? Take a listen to America's Got Talent, where the Willis clan were big hits. Listen. to you. Ashley Wilcott, what about the mom in this scenario? Listen, Nancy, all I can say is when I'm on the bench, I see this all the time. I don't understand it, but a parent, instead of protecting their own children, says nothing and sides with the abusive spouse, father, mother in the home. I don't get it. I don't know why, but this woman failed to protect the children she could have had the children taken away from her had anyone disclosed when they were younger. And in fact, she can be criminally charged. Well, while on tour uh, in the past couple of years, she, Jessica, says she arrives in her hotel room to find her sisters and mother gathered and distraught after one of them had been molested. Quote, I came into my hotel room that night to find my mother and some of my sisters sitting on the bed crying with that look on their face I had seen so many times before. Quote, the coldest, blackest pit opened up in my stomach because no words needed to be said for me to know something had happened. 
How was I here again? Things were not over. They had never been over. Sex abuse was still happening, and I knew it, she wrote. She confronted her father and threatened to leave, but carried on living with them, and the tour kept going on. They, quote, put on their show faces. Lauren Howard, psychologist, you know, as much as we want to trash the whole family that stood by and let this happen, many of some of them may have been sex abuse victims as well. How do these victims, these children, carry on as if nothing's happening, everything's fine? And what about the mom? This is a cult. It is the fact that they're genetically connected is irrelevant. This is a cult, and they are being controlled by the leader of the cult, which is the father. To blame the mother for not taking care of her children is to not understand that she also is a victim of abuse, whether it's physical or psychological. This is you, you have to understand that this is it takes a, a village for good to prevail. It also takes a village for evil to prevail. This is uh, people gathered together, saving face, shamed. The elder sister, Jessica, has enormous guilt. She doesn't want to destroy her family, destroy her mother. She now is dealing with the fact that had she called it out earlier, that she could have perhaps prevented this from happening to her younger siblings. Believe it or not, Nancy, I have seen this in families way too often for my, for, for my lifetime. And usually they're smaller families. But, you know, not that many families have 12, 12 kids. But I have seen it in families of four and everybody ducks and covers. And, and, that's what, and that is why it takes so long. Understand also for Jessica, when she was three years old and this began, she didn't understand something was wrong. She was a three-year-old. Daddy was playing with her. She didn't know what that all meant. It wasn't until she was nine that she started to realize this is actually not okay. These kids are homeschooled. They're very much contained, kept away from the rest of society. Their privileges are, are very controlled. Their entire being is controlled. So really, the only positive thing they have in their life is their performance and their, you know, their showmanship. So you can't blame the mother. And you, can't, you have to understand the other piece of it, which is the child is made to feel that they are really special, that daddy favors them. Right. And this is what they know of love. Well, you know, Ashley Wilcott with me, juvenile judge, also with me, Dr. Carol Lieberman, forensic psychiatrist and author of a brand new book on Amazon, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Keep Your Kids Safe. You know, Dr. Carol, I hear Lauren, but as far as your own safety, that's one thing if you're afraid of the husband, but when multiple children of yours are being beaten and sex molested and you stand by and do nothing, I got a problem with that, Carol. Yes, absolutely. I really don't agree with that. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how Jessica tries to protect her family, her mother, her siblings. You know, she talks about uh, her siblings in a very interesting way that, like, they, were, they each came from different perspectives. They were all, each different ages, so they couldn't really explain to each other what was going on. She tries to protect them all. But, um, but really, I mean, if the mother suspected something, I mean, certainly she should have suspected before nine, before Jessica was nine. But given that she didn't until nine... Um, that is when she should have absolutely done something about it. And, you know, what hasn't been said yet 
is about, you know, yes, the father, uh, Jessica said the father was very violent and the mother was, you know, probably threatened the mother, uh, possibly with hurting the children if she told and so on. That's still no excuse. But there's also the issue of show business and fame. These people didn't want to wreck the act. You know, because they they didn't want to get out of being famous. Take a listen to the Willis clan. The first time I was able to tell my story was after one of my sisters told her story. And it was like, wow, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. We are talking about a country music star in her own right. Her name is Jessica Willis. She's from the Willis clan band and from the reality show on TLC, The Willis Family Show. I mean, to Jennifer Sikowski with Heavy.com, what is it with TLC? First, there was the Duggar family. What was that, 21 and counting or 18 and counting or something and counting? And there was abuse, alleged sex abuse in that family. It was one of the siblings, male siblings, allegedly abusing the sisters. Okay, there's that one. And now this. What's with that, Jennifer? It's absolutely crazy, absolutely ludicrous that both happen to be covered by TLC. And there are so many similarities between the Duggars and the Willis family. So obviously they were both very large families. The Duggars had 19 children. The Willises had 12. Um, they, they all homeschooled their children. And both had the TLC shows and both were connected with sexual abuse. Um, they were also, all the children were, na- were named with J's, which is, that was just another interesting part of it all. Um, the difference is the, the Duggars seem to have forgiven, for the most part, Josh Duggar, you know, saying that he was only 14 and 15 years old when he molested his sisters and also a babysitter, whereas the Willis family um, is standing behind the victims. And Brenda immediately divorced Toby. But like you said in the past, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Immediately divorced this child, Jessica, uh, now an adult female, started being molested, according to her, at age three. The mom only started, asked a couple of questions when she's age nine and then, according to reports, chose to believe the dad over the children. That is not getting a divorce immediately. Now, I know you're the investigative reporter, but uh, that doesn't sound immediate to me. I mean, that it goes from age 3 to age 17 when the sex abuse started weaning off. That's 14 years, Jennifer. Very true. Very, very true. And... It- You know, it just goes back to how controlling and manipulative uh, this man was, Toby Willis was. And was he brainwashed? Now, wait a Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jennifer, I agree with you on that. Controlling, violent, and manipulative in the worst ways to his own family. But, I mean, I've got to tell you, I want to believe that if I thought my child was being abused or beaten— that I would put my own safety aside and, A, 
Kill is, okay, never mind. Not not kill. Take that back. Erase, erase. Report him and kick him out with my cowboy boot I've got on my foot right now, straight up his rear end, and then I'd give him to the cops. I mean, I'd like to think, I believe that's what I would do. I'm pretty sure that's what I would do. I mean, at a certain point, when does the uh, when do the other adults in the scenario become complicit to high-profile defense lawyer out of L.A. Troy Slayton? When you you can't, there is no playbook for this sort of horror. And you know, the mother, although she does have potential criminal liability, none of us know what type of stresses she was under, what type of fear she was under. So. We can't even imagine the house of horrors where she's trying to hold her family together, protect her children, and do everything she can. I can't even start to imagine what stress she was under. Okay, I agree with you on that, Troy Slayton. I agree with you on that. To Vincent Hill, private investigator joining us, uh, former cop, Vincent you know, the, the homeschooling thing comes up again in this scenario. I'm not against homeschooling. I have relatives at homeschool. And when my children were learning about, um, let's see, what were they learning? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Her children were learning the works of Shakespeare and their homeschooling cluster group. Okay, so not knocking homeschooling. However, Vincent... Having Trump through so many public schools in inner city Atlanta looking for witnesses and defendants, public schools, all schools actually, do provide a certain degree of monitoring because if a child comes forward and says, I'm being molested, or my dad did this, or my brother did this, or my uncle or the janitor, or whoever, or they see the child is malnutritioned, or beaten, or unkempt, or wearing the same clothes every day, the school has a duty to report that to police. And if you're being homeschooled, you lose that protection. Explain to me, Vincent Hill, you've dug up a lot of witnesses in public schools, including teachers and administrators. Explain how that works, Vincent. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Nancy. The benefit of going to a public school, although a lot of people don't like public schools, uh, you know, for crimes or whatnot. Hey, but watch it. I went to a public school. <laughs> Hey, I Dr. John H. Hurd. <laughs> hey, I did too. I graduated in Milwaukee. Um, but it does give a child the benefit to say, hey, this is going on in the home. Even if they don't say it, there's always signs, Nancy. And that's why I'm not a big advocate of homeschooling, because you never know what's going on inside someone's home. And everyone, especially in the entertainment field, will put on a good front to make it look like everything is peachy when that's not actually the case. I mean, we talked about the Hart kids. They were homeschooled. Look what happened in that case. And in a lot of these cases, you have the spouse. And you, Nancy, being a mother, you know nothing goes on in your house that you don't know about. So to that, I say she was likely a victim of whether it was physical abuse, verbal abuse, or maybe even sexual abuse, because just because you're married doesn't mean you can't be sexually assaulted by your spouse. So we don't know what was going on in that home, but had these kids been in a public environment someone would have seen those signs she writes this is jessica's post uh, and i'm talking about jessica willis the star of the willis clan band and the willis family on tlc 
I was 23 years old and known as the blonde lead singer, fiddle player, and principal songwriter of the Willis clan, the eldest sister of 12 kids. We performed on tour frequently and were finishing up a second season of a reality TV show about our family. A fourth album was in the works, and there was always something exciting and challenging coming up on the calendar. But that year was also the darkest period of my life. The truth of what I was living every day was nothing like what people saw on the outside. Speculation and confusion has muddied the waters of late, and I found the longer I go without speaking up, the longer I feel trapped in the continued power of my past. When I did eventually come to realize I was being molested, I had no way to accurately express what was happening to me. There followed intense shame, distrust, and hurt throughout my childhood, even in the happy times. Thus ran the two parallel storylines that became my life. You know, Ashley Wilcott, that just breaks my heart to even read her words. It's um, sadistic, and this father held the entire family captive. One thing I would say to parents, again, seeing these cases all day, every day in my job is trust your gut. And so while the mother arguably may have been a victim, obviously, I think if you trust your gut early on in a relationship, if you think something's wrong, if you think something's going on, do not ignore it. She's so right about trusting your gut. Take a listen now to a DailyMail.com exclusive interview with the Willis family's six oldest children. Looking back, the older girls now wish they'd been able to speak up before their father had a chance to prey on their younger sisters. The truth is all of us at different times could have, you know, um, spoken up and said, you know, this is my truth. This is what, you know, I'm experiencing. The boys feel guilt, wishing they'd known and could have somehow rescued their family. It's been hard for me, and I hear stories around me, and I I look at those people, and I'm like, I can't even fathom the pain you're going through. How has all of this affected your relationship with your mother? I knew that if I told my mom things that I was experiencing, she would stick up for me, she would fight for me, and she would, you know, defend me. But I, I was scared. Your father was watching this and watching you all speak. Is there anything that you would say to him? I would, <laughs> I would say no. I think our actions speak way louder than our words. It's a very liberating thing to say. You're not going to affect me anymore. You don't have that power over me. Is that door closed to your father ever having a sort of a, a part in your life, or is it something that might be reestablished? There's no question. I mean, the door is definitely closed on him ever being a father figure that door is definitely very firmly closed you know the earlier comment i believe by lauren howard psychologist joining us today out of new york that this was a cult um i don't know that i would call it a cult but it does have cult-like aspects to it to me it's a father who's sexually abusing all of his children and they're too afraid to say anything and the mom is afraid and also stands by and let it happen she doesn't want to know so she doesn't know Jessica writes that the innocent, hurt, curious, hopeful child hidden within me gravitated to the magic of storytelling's truth and wisdom. She 
could connect with others through music when words failed. Speaking to the cult life aspect, my daily life transformed dramatically as my family became more and more public. Quote, my father shaped us from child students to child performers, and at some point we became a touring dance troupe and band. He always promoted his philosophy, showcasing the family as living proof of the validity of his methods and beliefs. Hmm. I remember being a model member of this strange and highly performance-oriented group, complete with a belief on nearly every subject and constantly ready to make a range of demonstrations on cue. It, it does sound like Lauren Howard that he has brainwashed them. There's absolutely, and Nancy, I have to defend the mother again. You know, it, you say that if you, if you believe that something awful was happening to your children, you put your own welfare behind theirs. What if, and it's hard for you to imagine this because you're a strong, smart, independent woman who's had a life full of experiences and exposure to reality, which this family did not have. What if you believed, what if your husband made you believe, if you call, if you do anything about this, I will kill you and then I will have the children to myself. I will get rid of you. I will ruin you. I've already thought about that. I've thought about that, about the father threatening to kill the wife and the children if it became public. But Ashley Wilcott, a uh, juvenile judge and founder of ChildCrimeWatch.com, he's not with them 24-7, 365. They're on tour. Somebody has to go to Walmart. Somebody has to pump gas. Somebody has to be on the stage introducing them. There were a million, two million, three million moments when police could have moved in on him and arrested him while he was away from the children. Bam! That's true. Also, you know, you have to think about the fact that, yes, a parent may be a victim, but it doesn't mean that there aren't other opportunities to get other people involved and seek out help. There are all kinds of victim advocates and people who are there to help these very issues. You just have to be brave enough to take a step. And strong enough and knowledgeable enough. You have to you have to understand that you have a way out. And when you are indoctrinated and controlled and held captive and hostage. Listen to this. I'm going to go back to what Lauren Howard is saying. Ashley Wilcott, weigh in on this in Troy Slayton. Four months later, another friend steps forward to save the rest of her family after she manages to escape. He reported my dad for suspicion of sex abuse, and the investigation started. The case was given to the TBI, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. When they contacted me, I went in and spoke with them the whole rest of the day. I gave them a long, confident testimony, which was used to create the arrest warrant. I was warned not to speak to my family, and if they reached out, I should let the TBI do their job. There was great concern on how to keep everyone alive and safe while trying to apprehend my father. It was no exaggeration to fear a violent confrontation, standoff, kidnapping, or worse. It was a harrowing few weeks, but my father was finally arrested. Ashley Wilcott, juvenile judge, weigh in. 
thank God for law enforcement. People who want to badmouth law enforcement, listen to what they just did. They saved that girl and the siblings because of the way they handled it. To Troy Slayton, what now? So he is now sentenced to four counts. He's been convicted four times for child rape. He's going to serve two 25-year terms and two 40-year terms all concurrently, which means a total of 40 years in prison based on those convictions. You know, um, I want everyone to know that the family is going on and they are performing for the very first time since their dad's conviction at Shower Arts and Activities Center in Wisconsin on May 23, 2018. Repeat, they are performing as a family together. Another thing that Jessica writes is, writing and sharing this is an important step for me in owning my story, loving myself and others, and moving forward to live the life I truly want to live. She says, if you too are a survivor, you are not alone. Nancy Grace, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free at-